happy learning to all the prophetic people now for those who are not completely sure whether they are called in the prophetic or not let me have a day to understand the meaning of desire the best gift emphasizing desire remember what seems crooked is most likely straight and what seems straight is most likely crooked Hi, welcome to my show. Um, today I will be covering topic two of season one. Do you desire the prophetic strong enough? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 31. He says, but earnestly, in other words, strongly desire uh, the best gifts. Now, where the people want to argue about what is the best gift and how we differentiate between the different gifts in order to bring a conclusion what is the best gift, that is not the basis and the topic today of what is best and what is not best. But Paul writes, he says, there must be a strong desire. In other words, there must be a desire, but your desire must be strong. And your desire must be for the best gift. And he says then, continue, he says, and yet I show you a more excellent way, which means that there's, a, there's an excellent way. There's something even stronger than just desiring the best gift. Let us go deeper in what God is saying. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 12, uh, the word of God says, pursue love. Now, pursuing love is the basis. That is key. It's important when we start desiring the gift, especially the gift of prophecy, that we must understand, it must settle in our spirit, it must drop in our spirit that we must pursue love first. It's imperative, it's important that we pursue love because when we pursue love, whatever God does in our lives, whatever God, gift God is giving to us, whichever way God's going to raise us up, how strong God's going to use us, we must have love as the basis. And I'm going to tell you why love must remain the basis because when we speak, we speak to God's people. When we speak, we speak from a God who is love. And God teaches that He is love and we must love. We must love in such a way that we must even love our enemies. Now that is key for us to understand. In our desiring of the spiritual gift, that love must continue and remain the basis of our desiring and our pursuit of the gift. Then he says, when you pursue love and you desire spiritual gifts, but especially says that you, that you may prophesy. So immediately Paul emphasizes, focus now our attention on prophecy and the prophetic. And a lot of people, they miss this portion of scripture, especially verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where Paul opened up the, the whole chapter with the pursuing love. And then he says, secondly, now desire the spiritual gift. And when you do desire the spiritual gift, you need to focus on, uh, on, the, on the prophetic, uh, focus on how to prophesy. And I need to open this even today, but more for us to have an understanding. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2. So I'm going to go by verse by verse uh, throughout the whole 1 Corinthians chapter 14. So those of you that are following me, keep in mind I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm now in verse 2. It says in verse 2, For ye who speaks in a tongue, keep in mind now, For ye who speaks in a tongue, 
does not speak to men but he speaks to God. Now people need to understand this and that is where a lot of churches make their mistakes and that is where a lot of churches have controversies and confusions and arguments when it comes to the prophetic. Because people feel in the house of God, and I'm going to open this, that when they speak in tongues that they are prophesying. What we have to understand is when the Bible speaks about speaking in tongues, he says that when you speak in tongues, you are speaking, you are speaking to God. You are not speaking to men. In other words, your, 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 your capacity of speaking intellectually has now, has now gone for a moment because now your spirit is speaking. So your mental mind is not continuing, it's not com communicating with somebody else's mental mind. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So the spirit is communicating with the spirit of God. For no one understands him. So there's no intellectual understanding because when he speaks in tongues, his spirit man is speaking to the Spirit of God. However, the Bible says, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So now he's revealing stuff uh, to God. He's opening stuff to God What is in, what's in his Spirit. God speaks in his Spirit and there's a communication between his Spirit and the Spirit of God. So those of us that are standing in the midst in the presence uh, of the one that's speaking in tongues have no understanding of what the individual is saying. So he's communicating from his Spirit to the Spirit of God. And that is where we have to understand because that is key. He says in verse 3, he says, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. Now there's a change. Now we have to understand now. He's saying, he says, when you speak in tongues, that is not fruitful for men. Because men doesn't understand. He is communicating to God. And what is communicating to God is mysteries. He says, now in order for us as a church, in order for us as individuals, as human beings to understand, in order for us to grow, in order for us to, to be exhorted, in order for us to be comforted, somebody needs to prophesy. Somebody needs to prophesy, prophesy over our lives. And when he prophesies, he prophesies. And when he speaks, he speaks edification. He speaks to both of the individuals that he prophesies. To. He speaks in edification to build up the local church when he prophesies. And there's exhortation and there's also comfort for those that need comfort from God. Now keep in mind, the prophetic is when somebody speaks on behalf of the mind of God. When we prophesy, is somebody that speaks on behalf of the mind of God, the heart of God, and the desires of God for whoever and whatever God wants to address to. So when God speaks to a ministry, God speaks his heart. When God speaks to an individual, God speaks his heart. When God speaks to a society, God speaks his intentions, God speaks his heart, God speaks his mind. So when God speaks, it can either come to edification. When God speaks, it can either be exhortation. When God speaks, it can even be comfort to whoever must hear what God has to say for that particular time, that particular season, that particular moment to whoever God wants to speak. Now, there's a lot of confusion when people say that when you speak in tongues, they are prophesying. I will open up more about tongues and the prophetic and the difference between the two. Now the Bible says in verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. As we said before, he speaks mysteries from his spirit to the spirit of God. He speaks from his spirit to God. So there's no understanding from us as human beings listening to the individual that speaks in, in, in tongues. Now the second um, portion says that when he speaks in tongues, he edifies himself. First, he, he speaks mysteries to God. Secondly, he edifies himself. 
But when he or she prophesies, they edify the church, which means that when they speak and edify himself, it's a mystery. There is a, there's an absence of the intellectual mind of the individual, but the spirit communes with God, and there's a communication between his spirit, as I said before, and the spirit of God. So there's a strengthening that's taking place from the heart of God, from the mind of God, from the throne room of God. God speaks and God strengthens the individual that speaks in tongues. But when the, when the individual turn around and start to prophesy, he start to edify, build up, and strengthen the church, the local church, the church in general, the global church, the universal church, whichever way we're looking at it, but now he's strengthening the church. Verse 5, the Bible says, I wish, now Paul is speaking, he says, I wish you all speak or spoke in tongues. He said, but even more, that you prophesy, why would you say that? He's saying that because he says when you speak in tongues, basically, you are edifying yourself and you speak mercies to God. But when you prophesy, you become effective to the local church, to the local body. He continues, he says, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues. Now, I, I know that when people hear that, they say, but that is so unfair. How can an individual be greater than the one? Because keep in mind, when you speak in tongues, you're only edifying yourself. When you speak in tongues, you are just speaking mysteries to God. But when you prophesy, now you must understand, you are speaking to the body of Christ. You are edifying the body of Christ, comfort to the body of Christ, exhortation to the body of Christ. But in the same breath, you can also edify, strengthen and comfort yourself, exhort yourself through your own mouth. So you are greater than the one that speaks in tongues. He says, unless indeed he interprets. Now that is where the thing changes. Because when the individual speaks in tongues, and that's why Paul writes in another part in the word of God, he says, I wish that if you do speak in tongues, that you also pray that you can interpret. Why interpretation? Because when you interpret, you interpret the mind of God. You interpret the, the intentions of God. You interpret what you just spoke prophetically through your mouth and tongues. And when you interpret, the two coming together, the, the speaking in tongues and the gift of interpretation brings now all together the prophetic in, in, in line, brings the prophetic uh, to work, brings the prophetic in tune with what God's mind is, what God's intentions are for the body. So now you speak the mind of God by interpretation. You speak the intention of God via interpretation. You speak the desires of God via interpretation. Hence, the individual that speaks in tongues must also be tuned in. And a lot of people have so powerful giftings when it comes to prophetic, but they don't go further by praying to God to give them the gift of interpretation. A lot of people that have the gift of, prof, uh, of tongues also have the gift of interpretation. I can tell you, most likely, these kind of individuals are also prophetic. He says, unless indeed interprets, that the church may what? That the church may receive edification. It's all about the church. It's all about edification. So if you do speak in tongues with those, those who are listening and say, but I do speak in tongues for many years. Are you telling me that I'm not edifying the church? Yes, you are edifying the church if you have asked the Holy Spirit to bless you with the gift of interpretation. So if you speak in tongues and you also possess the gift of interpretation, you are becoming prophetic. Now you're edifying the church. It's not about you anymore and not speaking mercies anymore. It's not about you anymore that edifies yourself only in the church speaking in tongues. Now you're speaking in tongues and the interpretation of the gift of interpretation coming alongside the tongues are becoming prophetic. Now you're edifying the church. So people that are speaking in tongues 
what interpretation are already prophetic in the sense of edifying the church. I hope that you understand what I'm saying to you when I speak on this portion of scripture. And verse 6, the Bible says, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking in tongues, or with tongues, what I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation. Now, we have to understand that Paul is writing, he says, if I come to you, he says, and I speak to you in tongues, you have no understanding. You don't even know what I'm saying. He says, so you look at me and you will not have an understanding and it doesn't profit the individual that listen to me when I speak in tongues. He says, if I do come to you and I speak in tongues, I have that in order for you to understand. But he used a beautiful word. He says, in order for you to profit from what I'm saying, I have to then put my understanding on my mind, on my spirit, by speaking to you in tongues, by revelation. I must reveal. Or I must speak to you by knowledge. I must open up understanding and knowledge of what I'm saying. Or I must prophesy. Or uh, by teaching. Now, I'm going to read the scripture again. He says, by, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Unless I speak to you either by revelation or I speak to you by knowledge or I speak to you by prophesying, prophesying again, coming in again, or I speak to you by teaching. Now, a lot of people does not want to understand that when we prophesy, we are bringing revelation. When we prophesy, we are bringing knowledge. When we prophesy, we are basically teaching. So when we teach, when we uh, uh, bring revelation, when we dissect the scripture, when we open up a portion of scripture and we bring revelation through knowledge and wisdom and we bring teaching to the individual, we are edifying the, the individual. We are not only edifying the individual, we can bring comfort to the individual. Not only comfort to the individual, but we can also bring a place where we say, Lord, I'm edifying and bring comfort, but I'm also exhorting. A lot of people in the house of God, the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ, does not want to hear exhortation as a key part of prophetic utterance. Hence, the church of God uh, takes offense where a lot of people would say, but you cannot judge me. So the moment you speak to them prophetically, and the moment you speak prophetically in an exhortation way, people tend to say that now you are judging. But in essence, they are not judging. They are bringing the mind of God for you. They are bringing the understanding of God for your life. They're bringing the intentions of God's heart for your life, the desire of God for your life. And a lot of people miss the prophetic uh, by that. So that's why a lot of people, they feel comfortable when people prophesy in a church and they will, they will bring interpretation. If they do not possess the gift of interpretation, they will bring interpretation according what they sense in the heart. Keep in mind, in my previous topic, topic one, I, I emphasized and spoke on that, that when somebody is not lined up in character with God, they might speak their own desires. When the prophet speaks, the prophet that's not really called of God, or when uh, wayside, or when backslidden state, or his mind or his heart is not in the prophetic, in a spiritual way, but is carnal, he will speak what's in his heart. And he will bring out what's in the heart of an individual that does not want to hear truth. So people tend to be comfortable with people speaking in tongues because they know that when they prophesy or interpret what God is saying in the tongues, it might not always be edification. It might not always be that the individual is being comfort, but it can be also exhortation. Now let's continue. Verse 7, the Bible speaks, it says, Even things without life, without life whether flute or a harp, when they make a sound, 
unless they make a distinction in the sounds. I need somebody to hear me. Now the Bible, Paul goes, the writer goes, he goes from an uh, individual that has life, like me and you. Now he goes to something uh, uh, that has no life. And he makes an example of a flute and he makes an example of a harp. He says, even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, he says, when they make a sound, now, he, 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 brings, a, he brings a turn in that portion of scripture. He says, unless they make a distinction in the sound, it is the distinction in the sound that separates the flute from the harp. It's the distinction in the sound that separates the flute and the harp from the individual or the human or the person that God is using. Now, the distinction, let me speak about the distinction. The distinction comes over practice. The distinction comes over, over time when somebody has studied the flute, somebody has studied the harp, they have studied the notes, they have studied certain, certain criteria that is essential and important, the basics, the, the elementary stages. So a lot of Christians, when they want to desire uh, or they, they do desire the prophetic, they do not realize that there must be a distinction. There must be a distinction in the sound that comes from the mouth. That's why the Bible says from one fountain cannot come two kinds of water, two types of water. It can't be dirty water and clean water. It's either going to be dirty water or clean water. So when the Bible speaks, the Paul is very smart, he's very wise, inspired by the Holy Spirit and with wisdom and insight. He says even if you have to go from the from, from human beings, we come from somebody that's, that's, that, that's a soul, that's alive. He says let's go to something that has no life without. He says, even things without life, now he makes an example, the flute, and he makes an example, the harp. He says, they make a distinctive sound. They make a sound that has been trained, a sound that differentiates. How will it be known what is piped or played? Now, I need you to hear this. I'm going to read the scripture again for those who uh, hasn't understand yet and doesn't get me yet. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 7. He says, even things without life. I know I'm emphasizing and re-emphasizing. Bear with me because it's important for somebody out there that needs to know the difference and how God wants to use you and how powerful you can become in the hands of God as an oracle or how God can use effectively in the kingdom of God. Keep in mind, I said to my previous uh, 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 topic, Topic one where I speak about that we become weapons of warfare. And if we have an understanding that we are weapons of warfare in the hands and in the mind, in the heart of God, we have to get what I'm saying today. He says, he says, he says, keep in mind, keep in mind, keep in mind. He says, he says, even things without life, whether flute or harp. Now, now people don't get it. Now that's where a lot of people make uh, the mistake. Because they want God to use them. They want God to use them. And they want God to use them effectively. And what they don't understand is there must be a distinction. Because out of one, out of one fountain, the Bible says, they can come neither, they can come neither dirty water or clean water. No two kinds of water can come out of one fountain. It's either gonna be clean or it's gonna be dirty water. Now the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 47, he says, even things without life. Whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? 
And God wants to say something in this portion of scripture. That when people listen to us, as prophetic people, when people tune in to hear what God is saying through our lives, through our, 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 our uh, the instruments we play, through our voices when we sing, through our voices when we teach, when we preach, whichever way God is going to use us, whichever giftings or, or talents God has given us, and God's going to use you, whether you're a dancer in the prophetic, whether you're in the arts in the prophetic, whichever way God's going to use you in the prophetic, when God starts using you, there must be a distinction in the sound that you make. And people need to def- the, bring a differentiation between the sounds that you make and the sounds that others that are not called of God makes. And the Bible says that you will know by the distinction that the, 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 that is made by the sound that is piped and that is played. And God wants to say something through this portion of revelation, how we need to approach the prophetic, how we need to see the prophetic in the kingdom of God. In verse 8 and verse 9, For if a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle now? Hear what the word of God is saying. Hear this portion of scripture. Very profound, very powerful. And, and that is how God wants to use us as prophetic people. That there's a certain, a certain sound that we have to make. And uh, uh, if, if, if our sound, if there's a problem with our sound, then nobody will be warned, nobody will be forewarned, nobody will be exhorted, nobody will be edified God's way. So there's a certain way God wants to comfort an individual or a church or a place or a community. And so God speaks. I'm going to read again. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 8 and 9, he says, For if a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, which means an unrecognized sound, a sound that's not familiar, who will prepare for, for, for battle? So likewise, you and me, unless you and me utter by the tongue, by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? What the word of God is saying, it says when we speak, it needs to be known. When we need speak, it needs to be understood. So when we speak, somebody, some people, somewhere, some community, some family, some individual, some church, somewhere, uh, people have to understand what we are saying, what you are saying, what I am saying. For you will be speaking into the air. In other words, you will be speaking null and void. You will be speaking something that there's no power, not author- no authority. There's no, there's no, there's no, there's nothing that comes out of the individual, and the enemy knows this. And that is why the devil. That's why the enemy keep casting in in the words that there's no meaning that spirit that have been spoken in the air that is that is void there's no substance in it and a lot of people's lives are turned around and upside down and dysfunctional and i need to caution a lot of people when you say god is using you prophetically make sure that god definitely called you prophetically and that god is calling you in the prophetic office oh god has blessed you with the gift of prophecy because when you speak keep in mind that somebody or some people or someone that's prophetic is an oracle in the hand of God is a weapon of warfare in the hand of God so when you speak you speak as an oracle of God in other words you are not speaking your own mind you are not speaking your own desires you are speaking the desires of God you are speaking the mind of God and people want to hear the mind of God and the heart of God for their lives for their businesses for their family for their marriages for their churches they want to hear the mind and the desire of God so when we speak and we speak not life 
as it comes from God, we will speak death as the enemy wants to bring it. In other words, we will speak in the air. We speak something that will not produce. We speak in words that will not bring a, a, a spiritual impregnation. So you speak words that there's no strength. You speak words that there's no life. There's no seed of, of something that will bring up a new and a fresh crop coming from God. A new produce that comes from God. So God wants to bring, the, the, word, the word of God says, let me go into this. The word of God says that wherever God commands his word, Wherever God uh, speaks and directs His word, His word will never return unto Him void. But it will accomplish, it will bring forth, it will bring a produce from the heart of God, the mind of God, the intentions of God for a situation, an individual, a family, a ministry, a business, or a, a marriage. So when God speaks, that's what God has in His mind when He speaks. Amen. So the Bible says, it says in verse in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages. Now he's opening this for people to understand. In case there are some individuals that are still struggling when it comes to speaking in tongues as a means of prophesying without interpretation, the gift of interpretation. He says, there are, it may be, so many kinds of languages in the world, which is true. And none of them is without significance. So if you do understand any languages, that when they speak, it has significance. Why? Because the people that understand the language and the one that also speaks with the language in understanding, he speaks knowledge, he speaks revelation, he speaks understanding, he speaks wisdom. In other words, if God is using you in the sense of prophetic, he is prophesying over people. So he speaks with significance. He's not speaking without significance. And many times the prophetic people, when we speak, we speak without significance. Why? Because either our character is tainted or we're speaking from a different source. We're not speaking from the source called God. We're not speaking from our God. We're not speaking from our inspiration of our spirit, of our Holy Spirit. So when people speak of your life, make sure that they speak from a source that is God. And they're not speaking from a different source of your life. Because when they speak from a different source of your life, they will release death. They will release anything other than the mind, the intentions, and the heart of God for your life, your situation, your marriage, your business, or your ministry. In verse 11, the Bible says, Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. Isn't that profound? He says, Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks. So it doesn't matter how people speak in your life, when it comes to the realm of the Spirit, you are foreign. They are foreign. The language is foreign. And what the release of your life is foreign. You have to understand what God is saying. That is why God wants to open up the situation of the prophetic and the speaking tongues without uh, interpretation. With tongues with interpretation, that means the individual have an understanding of revelation. That individual understand teaching. That individual speak with wisdom and with knowledge with an understanding. So when we speak in tongues, 
We are not foreigners speaking to another foreign individual. We are speaking from the kingdom of God to somebody that is a citizen of the kingdom of God. So the language you speak is a language that both of us, the speaker and the receiver, understand. And he who speaks will be a foreigner to me if I do not understand the language process or when I speak a language that the individual doesn't understand, we are both foreign to each other. So what God is saying that we have to come to a place of discernment in the kingdom of God. We cannot sit one side and try to figure out whether this uh, word that's been released over our lives comes from God. No, no, no. The Spirit of the Lord will reveal to you when somebody releases a word of you, it's a foreign word. It's not a word coming from God. It's not a word released from the throne room of God. It's not a word that's come, that came from the heart of God, the mind of God, the intentions of God. Keep in mind what the Word of God says. He says, my intentions for your life, my desire for your life is good. There's no intentions and desire that's going to harm you. It's good intentions. It's, 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 it's intentions that's going to bless you. It's going to establish you. It's going to stabilize you. It's going to heal you. It's going to deliver you. It's going to set you free. And I'm blessed for God that this is how God sees His Word and how God wants you to release His Word over our lives. Now in verse 12, the Word of God says, He says, even so, since you are zealous for the spiritual gift, since you have such a drive for spiritual gift, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. If your heart is not to excel the church, if your heart is not to edify the church, your desire for the spiritual gift is not going to benefit. So he said, even so, since you are so zealous, since I cannot stop you, since your desire for the gift are such a powerful force within you that all of us can see that there's a zealous desire for the spiritual gift, let it be for the edification of the church. Because he says, if it is for the edification of the church, this is how we will know it. We will know it because you seek to excel the church. You seek to advance the church. You seek to bring the church to a higher level, a deeper level, a stronger level. You seek to bring benefit to the church. You seek people in the church to grow and individuals to, to come to their fullness in Christ and to grow with the fullness of the character of Christ. You seek the fruit of the Spirit for them. You seek the, the glorification of God to come through their lives and that God will get the glory. You seek that they will move with the fruit of the Spirit. You seek these are people that are walking away from the, uh, the workings of the flesh. You know that these are people that want to do great things in an exploit in the kingdom of God. If that's your desire, if that's your heart's desire, if there's no envy uh, in your heart for others that God is using, I'm going to speak in the next topics to come about that area. If there's no jealousy, if there's no envy for others that God is also using powerfully and you can work in a team, you can work together, I'm telling you, if that's your, your desire for the kingdom of God, for the body of Christ, for the church of Jesus Christ, that you just want to see edification, God will bless you with this gift. And I pray even today in my conclusion that that will be the blessing of the Lord over your life. That will be the blessing of the Lord over your desires. That God will grant you the desires of your heart in the area of the prophetic. Whether in tongues, with interpretation, whether in the prophetic gift that God will bestow it upon your life and that God will excel you as you have a desire to excel the church of Jesus Christ. 
Thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you once again for just walking with me through this topic of desiring. And I pray that all of us together, that we will desire the best gift. And when God bestowed on our lives, that we will grow from strength to strength and from, from glory to glory in Christ and in Christ Jesus. I pray that as you desire the, the, the things of God and you want to excel the kingdom of God, the body of Christ, your local church, your family, your marriage, that God will grant you the desire of your heart. I pray that you will excel in all areas of your life and I know that God will bestow His favor upon your life and your ministry. I pray that as you journey through this topic of desiring that you and I will desire even more the best gifts that God can give us in the kingdom of God. I will see you the next time and I pray that God will bless you and God will continue bestowing his blessing upon you. See you next time. Blessings upon blessings.